Go. Hi, Husky fans. This is Fourth and Inches, a Husky podcast. That voice you're about to hear is Jake, and I am his assistant to the show host, Trevor. Hi. What's that from? No idea. How about this one? Jake is the Anne to my Leslie. Jake, you are a wonderful land mermaid. I think Parks and... My man. Okay, so I'm just going to start this off super duper negative. UW is screwed in the Apple Cup this year. Who is? UW. Why? There's no way we're going to win. <laughs> the, the world is falling. The score is one to zero. <laughs> WSU. <laughs> because we have nobody from last chance U on our team. Uh, and that's fine. WSU has one. They do. Yep. Guy from Independence, Calvin Jackson Jr., Community College. Uh, he was on Netflix, and that's something that nobody on UW's uh, roster or staff has ever done, so we're screwed. Yeah, season's over. I yep. mean, we might as well not even play. You ready for the good news? Yes. Guess who's back? Back again. Trey is back. Hello, <laughs> <Stella> friend. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, Trey Adams is listed as the starter for Saturday. That makes me so happy. He is very tall. He is very strong. strong. He's got big feet. He does have big feet. And he dances. He's a large individual. Yep. And he can move. We're really excited to have him back. Hopefully he's 100% because that will be very big. Um, Obviously, it's game week. This week, you look forward to all year, don't you? Oh, my gosh, this is my favorite week of the year. And we're starting with an actual opponent. Our schedule was pretty cupcake-ish, so... Um, well, he, need, point. he needed to get Sarkeesian to a bowl game. Exactly, yeah. And that was scheduled under the uh, with, with, with Sarkeesian at the helm. So it's good to see UW back uh, in a big game like this. Are you ready for your first test of the pod? Yes. Last biggest game home opener you dub played go um the only one i can think of is lsu but i don't know if that was an opener or not it was not an opener yeah you dub was terrible byu no what year what decade miami no dang it i'm out it was in the 60s number oh no you got the conference right on that one but nebraska is incorrect the number 10 huskies hosted the number seven Purdue Boilermakers. And that was not the Purdue Boilermakers. Drew Brees uh, played on. Drew Brees, Drew Brees <laughs> played on. You're exactly correct. Yeah. Score of the game, it ended in a 7-7 tie. Did I look that up? Yes. No, I did not. I heard you, you liar. I did not look that up. I heard it from Adam Jude. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Okay, so the line for the game is Auburn minus two. I think that shows a lot of respect for the Washington program because we're going across the country and they're going across a highway. Yeah, so basically what they're saying is that it's an Auburn home game and if it was played at a neutral site, we would it would be an even split. They always give the home team two points. It's basically a home game for Auburn. They're basically saying – it's a t- it's a toss up at a neutral site. Yeah, and to call this a neutral site is a joke. Uh, and we're going to get into our feelings about the SEC later. So we're just going to save that for now. We're going to focus on this game. Uh, first up, they have Jarrett Stidham. Uh, he's 
actually his numbers are really similar to Jake Browning. He seems to be he is a bigger professional prospect than Jake will be. People are really high on him. What do you know about him? Uh, I actually just saw last year's stats, uh, Stidham's versus Browning's, and if I'm not mistaken, it actually looked like he had a little bit better of a year last year than Browning did. About the same touchdowns. I think he had a couple hundred extra yards than Browning did. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, And, yeah, I mean, he's a taller body. He's got the more professional body. That's pretty much all I know about him. I know he got whooped up last year in the the bowl game against the uh, national champion UCF. Go Knights. Go Knights. Yeah. You know, uh, as a Pac-12 fan, I'm not a huge fan of SEC offenses. Uh, I am a fan of their defenses. Running back, they are talented, but they're untested. They lost a couple of guys. I'm not going to get into them. Phil Steele, I'm going to be referencing him a lot when I'm doing this right now. They ranked, He ranked the running back room at number 23, uh, as opposed to Washington, he ranked at number 7. So we do have the – I think it's obvious we have one of the best running backs in the nation. 7 is too low. I would probably agree with you without knowing who he put elsewhere. Yeah. Wide receiver – they probably the most talented wide receiver group in the SEC. They have them ranked number nine nationally. We're just unproven at their receiver spot. That's all that is. Yeah, I totally agree. They're two top guys. Um, both are down with ACL tears and probably Eli Stove probably won't play. Will Hastings will not play in the game. They have a Chico McClatcher type player in Darius State, and he's about 5'9". What I have to say about the wide receiver core is good luck against this this defensive back room. Yeah. There's going to be a lot more money made on the Washington secondary than there is the Auburn receiving core. Yeah. Next year. Yeah, exactly. Their O-line, I think this is where uh, I have two words. Heyday. Their (laughs) O-line is inexperienced. And UW's defensive line is nasty. I think this is our biggest chance to win this Saturday. Uh, I think if D-line steps up and gets pressure, makes tackles in the backfield against the running game, if we can hold that running game down and hit them hard, we will win this game. Uh, If we don't get pressure on the quarterback, Stidham and those receivers – if they have enough time, they will start getting out of corners. Uh, cornerbacks can only cover for so long. Even really, really good ones like us. Exactly. Their defense is is nasty. That's where we're going to – this is going to be a slugfest. There's going to be – my assumption is a big play here, big play there that's going to make the difference. And that big play is probably going to come from the defensive side. Yeah. Uh, their defensive line is ranked fifth in the, uh, in the nation as opposed to UW's eleven linebackers 15th in the nation as opposed to our 11. But the big area where we're a lot better than them is their defensive back room is ranked 21st. UW's is ranked two. I want to know who's ranked ahead of us because I think we should be ranked number one. Maybe Alabama. I don't know. But uh, I think we have the most talented backfield or, you know, secondary in the nation. You're going to be really mad. It's not Alabama. Uh, Is it in the Pac-12? No, God, no. Uh, who is it? Actually, SC is ranked three. Michigan. God, I hate Michigan. Do you? I mean, not as much as I hate Ohio State. <laughs> we'll get to them, too. <laughs> yeah. I think that UW 16.1 points a game is 
much more impressive than Auburn's 18 and a half points a game. When you think about who they're going up against week in and week out, you can say what you will about UW's week schedule last year in the non-conference, but Auburn played a fourth non-conference game that was also a cupcake. The one game that was impressive for them last year is they held uh, number three Clemson to only 14 points. I want you to talk about the strengths that you see. I have UW's defense versus Auburn's offense. Where do you see the advantage? I think that we just talked about it. I think our defensive line on their offensive line um, is going gonna, is gonna to decide who wins the game. You ready for I some think... math? Yeah, go ahead. A good UW defensive line plus an unproven Auburn offensive line equals what? A UW win. Trouble. Okay, same, same, right? Yep. <laughs> I think that because the defensive line will be all over Stidham, the secondary is going to have – they're going to fly all over the field. I think JoJo hit somebody really hard at some point. I could see one or two picks coming from Stidham just from being hurried. I think we have two interceptions by halftime. I'd take that. I really do. Okay, here's the question for you. What is BBK going to do? Probably get trucked a couple of times, uh, but he's also going to make a lot of tackles. Yeah, I think you're probably right. I think that he's going to wrap up and some guys are going to fall forward. That's going to really frustrate us. But I also think he's going to make some tackles where uh, that that stops drives. I think he's going to be the epitome of okay. What do you think Tevis Bartlett will do? I was just looking at Tevis earlier today. He's a name that really intrigues me. I think it would be really nice of him to get a couple of sacks. I'm not asking the world of Tevis Bartlett, but just get constant pressure on that quarterback. That's your job. Go get the quarterback. I expect Tevis Bartlett to end up leading the team in tackles for losses might not be sacks, but I think that he's going to be in the backfield a lot and he's going to be making really good tackles. Um, I think that he's really big for this game. I really like Tevis Bartlett. I remember watching him at the Fiesta bowl and the dudes everywhere. Dude flies around. Dude was in the backfield all day. Yeah. He's an, and he's an ex wrestler from like Montana. So, you know, he's tough. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's a unanimous advantage UW. What about uh, the Husky offense versus the defense of Auburn? This is where I think we struggle. I just watching, uh, rewatching a couple of games from last year, um, our offensive line really got pushed around. With Trey Adams coming back, that's obviously going to solidify quite a bit of that offensive line issue. Uh-huh. But Jake was really running for his life. Quite a few. I mean, I rewatched the Utah game earlier this week, and he made a couple of really nice throws that ended up winning us that game. Yeah. But before that, dude was running around for his life. Yeah, he, he was. He, there, I mean, they, Utah was always in our backfield, and it was getting a little, I mean, I knew we won the game, but it was still getting frustrating to watch it. Yeah, even rewatching it, knowing that. UW ends up winning that game. It's still hard not to get frustrated in that fourth quarter. Oh, yeah, totally. So I'm going to take you behind the curtain a little bit. I On my sheet, on my sheet I wrote, <laughs> UW O-line with Trey, really good, without going to be a big problem. 
Yeah, because if you don't have Trey, then you probably got to move McGarry to left tackle. They'd leave uh, him there. It would be Wattenberg probably going to the left tackle. That's where he played last year when he yeah. went down. Yeah, uh, but he also got – he was a suspect. Oh, yeah, he wasn't as good. And that's why having Trey Adams back is such a big deal for Washington because that just solidifies the communication. It puts everybody in their best position to succeed. I think that's a big deal, and it could come back to really help Washington's offense. I think everybody's confidence gets boosted when they look to their left and they see Trey standing there. Oh, absolutely. They don't have to worry about chipping or anything with who Trey is blocking. Trey Trey is going to block his man. Yeah, yeah, and then he's going to do it on Sundays next year along with Caleb McGeary. Absolutely. So I think that it's going to be really important to – get those little creases for miles and Savon to go four, five yards. And then you can absorb some of those one to two yard. Miles Gaskin, if there's a hole, he's going to find it and he's going to make something happen and he's going to be really patient. And then if that works, the play action is where Jake Browning's going to have success. If they're able to pin their ears back and just go after Jake, it might be a long day. Uh, I really think that uh, this is the type of game that Ahmed shines, that uh, Gaskins, he's not a speedy guy. He's just, he's a hole finder. And I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. He's had a really good success for this. So you're saying you hate Miles Gaskins. That's exactly what I'm saying. You Uh you read right through my stuff. Yep. Um, I just think that this is the type of game that, that Peterson pulls stuff out of his pocket that you haven't seen before because it's such a big early game that he's going to try to get Ahmed out in the open with some space, uh, some screen passes, some end around, and some sweeps. And I think he's going to try to get him out in the open, flashing that speed and that athleticism. And I think you're going to see a really good game out of Ahmed. I think you will too. The bulk of the carries are going to go to to Gaskin and I think that they're going to try to get that baseline down and then they're going to build from that I think you're right that they're going to try to get Savon in uh in open space and don't be surprised if they do some sort of a slipping either one of those guys out into into a route I think they're going to be really key and then I think you know this is an opportunity for Ty Jones the play action come in and I think this is a game where Ty Jones can show why he was such a highly coveted prospect it's funny that you mentioned his name because I've had his name circled on my pen and pad uh, since we started doing research on this week yeah I think Ty Jones is is could probably end the game with two touchdowns yeah uh, he's a big receiver big body uh, if we get into the red zone, look look for Ty Jones. I know that they have one big cornerback. Uh, I, I don't know if they're going to shadow Ty Jones with their cornerback. I think he's 6'2". So if they don't shadow him and they play left side, right side, and Ty Post Jones – Post up, baby. What's that? Post up. Exactly. Uh, get, get Ty Jones in the red zone, th- throw a couple of lobbers his way. Yep. So – I think two guys that are going to be really, really important are Joe Whitford and punter Jake Browning. Yeah, that's my favorite play. I think, 
I love it. And it, he's really good at it. I think that that's going to be super duper important because I think, well, Chris Peterson's always been a guy that's liked to play the field position battle because he puts such amazing defenses on the field. And I think that if we can pin, whoever gets pinned is going to be in a world of hurt. Yeah, there's not going to be a whole lot of ball movement, I don't believe. I totally agree with you. Um, I have another question for you. Yeah. Peyton Henry, a walk-on kicker, winning the job. Do you think that we're going to see a lot more? Do you think that they're going to go for it on fourth down in those iffy situations? Or do you think we're going to try to do a lot more of the uh, pinning them, you know, trying to get them within the five-yard line? I think I see us playing uh, typical Husky football and kicking field goals when we're in field goal range. What do you think field goal range is going to be? So Washington last year averaged about one attempt on fourth down a game. Yeah, I think you can't you can't base this year judging off of last year. Uh, Van Soderberg, or yeah, Soderberg and um, uh huh, yeah. <laughs> I think the two kickers last year both really struggled at really off of what those two did last year. I think Chris Peterson is going to give this kid um, all the chances in the world to prove himself. And when he doesn't, then that's when you see us start going for fourth downs more often. Yeah. I think, I mean, points are going to be at a premium and it's, it's inopportune. It's not the greatest situation for a freshman walk-on to get his first at a professional stadium playing against a top 10 team, but that's where we're at now. So, who, did, who did he beat out in the kicker's position? Dan Soderberg. Okay. You were Coach Pete. Who are your five starting defensive backs? So my five starting defensive backs are going to be Miller and Murphy, obviously on the outside corners. Rapping JoJo is your safety, and I want to, if I'm defensive coordinator, I'm starting Austin Joyner as my nickel. We have the same guys. However, I have Taylor playing more of that Buddha role where he was up on the line defending the slot and then being able to blitz because he's a fantastic blitzer. He is a really good blitzer. Yep. But what we say doesn't really matter because – the starting defensive backs, at least to start the game, are going to be Byron Jordan, JoJo, and Maya O'Brien. Yeah, and we talked about the starting nickel job last week. Uh, yeah. I was a little, I was a little irritated when it's not irritated. I I think Miles Bryant's a really good corner, a really good, a sure tackler. I wanted Elijah Molden. I think we all did. That aren't coaches. Miles Bryant must be must be really good in because he's keeping other really, really talented guys from seeing the field. We'll see if it goes through the whole year. It's hard to justify not starting Miles Bryant, a junior who's had a lot of experience over, you know, the Elijah Molden who really hasn't. I think you're going to see Molden and Joyner on the field, if not more Keith Taylor kind of guys like that. Sorry, Josh. Some of the Interesting things I saw on the two deep. Jackson Kirkland won the right guard spot. Um, Ty Jones is listed as the other starter. Though the Jackson Kirkland thing's kind of big, but we don't really know anything about it. Who who did he win over? Uh, I think Matt James was was one of the other names on there. Okay. Um, I can tell you right now. I'm looking right at it. Yeah, he beat out Matt James. Uh, th- so Jackson Kirkland's a redshirt freshman. 
Wow. Who beat Auburn? out Matt James, a senior. Jackson Kirkland? Yeah. He's from Portland. Port- oh, okay. He must be really, really good. 6'7", 315. Matt James, 6'5", 300. I guess they really liked what he did coming in. Yep. And if that if he ends up keeping that starting position, that's a big deal because he'll be here for four years. Yes. He's got a tackle body. We lose those two guys to Sundays next year. He's going to step right in and, and have a shot to become that next big bookend. Did you expect anything less from Peterson? No. There you go. A punt return. That job will be done by Aaron Fuller to start the season. I would imagine that at some point you're probably going to see Ahmed back there too, just to get him some more touches. Yeah, we'll see. He's uh, listed. Him and Gaskin are the two kick returners. So I guess we'll see. Um, I, I know Fuller punt, uh, caught punts last year when um, Dante was nicked up. So either he's really good at it or he's sure-handed and he's not going to get hit and try to make something out of nothing. Who? Uh, quick question. Who did they have with Ty Jones as the other starting wide receiver? Aaron Fuller. Man, I like that so much more with Ty Jones as that other starting wide receiver. It looks pretty nice, doesn't it? I I love and and I think Peterson sees probably saw it well before I did uh, that Ty Jones could be an X factor in this game, and I think right. that he plans if he's in that red zone, go get that ball. Well, you know, Ty Jones as a senior, he went to I can't remember. I think he was in the All American, the uh, Under Armour game. Uh, but after that, he dominated that game and everybody came calling and actually Bush Hamden worked hard to keep him. So he's got the potential. Who do you have? So at each level of the defense, who do you think is going to have a big game? I think Jalen Johnson is poised to have a big game. Uh huh. Um, I think Onwuzwerke, Onwuzwerke, is that right? Wow. On Wuzurike. On Wuzurike. <laughs> I think On Wuzurike uh, is probably going to have a pretty decent game. And in my – in my, I, I think Jordan Miller probably – I mean, you got to go with one of the two corners. One of the two corners is going to – you know, our stud corners is going to have – they might both have a pick or the, one of them might have two picks. It's, it's a toss-up. You know, flip a coin who it's going to be. Right, 1A, 1B. Yes. So my hope for or my thought for best at each spot, I got Greg. I think Greg's going to really disrupt a brand new offensive line. They're going to have to know where he is and put more than one guy on him. And I think that's going to lead to probably like Jalen Johnson or Levi on Uzurike uh, or the guys on the outside in one-on-one situations against guys who are playing some of their first snaps where they can really dominate. I really like that pick, Craig Gaines. Thank you. Uh, that that well, you kind of played off of my Jalen Johnson. You kind of just made it. You said Jalen Johnson is going to have a big day because of Craig Gaines. That's why we're friends. We work together. <laughs> yes, we do. Linebacker Tevis Bartlett. He's going to have some TFLs. He's going to wrap up. He's going to take down some running backs before they can get going. Uh, I think he's going to have a massive game. Lead the team in sacks. Yep. And then the easiest one, defensive back. You can pretty much flip a coin. I actually wrote JoJo Mathis to start because I think he's going to have one of those 
Royce Freeman-esque hits on somebody, but eventually I ended up with Taylor Rapp because he could have a pick and a sack, uh, and I think he's going to make some pretty pretty big plays because he's one of the best players on this amazing defense. I think the secondary is impossible to name a pre-MVP for the game because it could literally be any one of those players, not even just the starters. But it uh, could you be beat me to it. And it could be uh, uh, Miles Bryant or uh, Elijah Molden. Every one of them could come out of this game shining like a star. That's right. Okay, you ready to play a game? I love games. All right, this game is called Word Association. You are going to give me the first word that comes to your mind when I say whatever I say. Got it? Got it. Coaching matchup. Washington. (laughs) BBK. Undersized. but, But a good playmaker. That's more than one word, but I'll allow I, it. I don't care. <laughs> um, Auburn D-line. Aggressive. SEC. Overrated. <laughs> Atlanta. <laughs> Nothing to say about Atlanta. Don't care. Uh, go Hawks, right? Yeah. Uh, Atlanta, let's say. Or Braves. Fits. Let's say for the Atlanta, uh, not a neutral site. Ooh, I like that one. That's all, all right, one word, not a neutral site. I think it's one word. It's like air, like aerial nada. <laughs> yeah, not a, not a neutral. There's a, there's a soft G in there somewhere. <laughs> I think it's at the beginning. So, okay, you go now. Okay. Uh, Peterson. Best. Rushing game. Amazing. Passing game. Dependent on the running game. Okay. Uh, Fourth one. I want to know. Okay, I'm just going to say 2018 is. Championship. Pac-12 or national? Yes. (laughs) And my final one. You ready? Yeah. Limp Biscuit. (laughs) <laughs> um middle school there you go i like you got it i like that one you like that one i did okay you did a good job um okay so here's a question for you what do you think do you think there's any benefit to washington going back to atlanta after they've experienced a lot of these guys played in the peach bowl uh, they've played in the Fiesta Bowl. Do you think that that matters at all, going back to a big stage, traveling across the country, at least for one of those games? Do you think that helps at all, or is that just something a talking point that talking heads talk about like us? I think more than that is what's, what's important is the players that we have now, I think, are really, really hungry, and they are – they are out there to win it. We have so much talent that they don't care where they go. They want to go there and they want to hit you and they want you to they want you to feel UW's presence. And I think it doesn't matter where we play or who we play, we're going to be physical. 
I think you're right. I think that these guys are tired of hearing about losing big games. Uh, Jake Browning said so much that it's time for them to win some of these big games. Uh, and I think that if you look at the leadership positions on this group, they're all guys that have been there, done it, and are frustrated with the losing. Yeah. Absolutely. Especially the defense. Oh, yeah. Uh, the defense played really well in the Peach Bowl. Bo Scarborough kind of beat them up a little bit where they were able to, uh, you know, that, that I think it was a third and one, uh, you know, they were right on the one-yard line, and he ended up busting the run. Little stupid plays like that probably have been bugging at these guys for two years. Uh, and then going to the Fiesta Bowl, and really in the first half, they didn't look like the defense we were used to seeing. Not at all. But the cool part about that was in the second half, they made Penn State and the world's greatest running back look mediocre. Yeah, Saquon Barkley's amazing. He's going to be a fantastic pro. Uh, he's I, I really than Ezekiel Elliott. I really hope you get him in our fantasy league. I, I think I picked too high to grab him. No, at six? I'm at two. Oh, just kidding. Never mind. I'm number one, and I might take him. I'd be okay with that. <laughs> yeah, I think it's going to really help them. I think that they're going to get the big big eyes going into a big game like that, an NFL venue, a hostile crowd for the most part. Ironically, they're actually listed as the home team, which is an absolute joke. Yes. Um, I think that of any year Washington goes down to a quote-unquote neutral site in freaking SEC country, this is the team you want to do it with. You have a lot of you have a four-year starter on the bookends of your offensive line. You have a four-year starter at quarterback. You have a four-year starter at running back. That is a recipe to go down. And then one of the best defenses in the nation, that's the kind of team that you want to take to a place like this. You know what I love about this game is it's kind of a, a early season bowl game for us. Yeah. We, we go to Atlanta to play an SEC team. Auburn plays in Atlanta all the time. It's just a season opener for them. We're going in there pumped up, jacked up. Let's go get it. What do you think? Is this the biggest game for the Pac-12? This week or all year? All year. Yeah, yeah probably. Well, yeah, because of the implication. Because the fact that if we win this game, we are really setting ourselves up for a playoff push. Uh, I don't think that there's a game outside of this game in the Pac-12 that you could say that about. I totally agree. I think this game means a lot for the reputation of the Pac-12 because of the how, how the nation looks at the Pac-12 right now after our small bowl season. I think this is a game where either the Paul Feinbaums in the world can wag their fingers in our faces and say the Pac-12 is a garbage JV league, or we punch one of their coveted Alabama teams in the mouth um, and they're left making excuses and screaming War Eagle. Yeah, and we, we talked about that joke, Paul Feinbaum, last week. Um, even, even when we win – they're still going to make excuses for Auburn. Yeah. I'm, I'm literally watching uh, college football live right now as we're talking about this. 
and all they're showing is SEC. Yeah, exactly. And but it is fun, you know, taking them to taking them out, beating them, and then watching them have to scramble to figure out talking points on why it went wrong. By this point, everybody knows that the ESPN uh, they're they're in bed with the SEC. They love the East Coast bias. They love the ACC teams that are good. And they're going to do whatever they can to protect them. And it's kind of fun to watch them squirm. We just have to go and execute and make that happen. Yep. So let's get to our Pac-12 preview. We're going to save our UW prediction for the end. So you have to listen to the rest. The first game is Thursday. We have Weber State at Utah. Since Weber State is an FCS school, there is no line for this game. Jake, who do you got? Come on. <laughs> All right, I'll mark you down for the Wildcats. <laughs> the Utah Utes are going to have no problem with Weber State. Weber State's a pretty good FCS school, but Utah's going to be the South champ. Uh, let's move on. There's not much we can say about Weber State. Uh, do you know what state Weber State is in? No. It's in Utah. Don't care. <laughs> you care. <laughs> You want to go to Weber State? I've already been to college and graduated, and no, I'm good. (laughs) Okay. All right, so then we have San Diego State at number 13, Stanford. Stanford is a 14-point favorite. What do you got? Stanford's covering. (laughs) Whoa. Jake with Stanford. Why do you think they're going to cover that? Because I think they're going to win by double that. 28 points to a team they lost to last year. Yep. San Diego State is a very good Power 5 school. Something to prove, man. I mean, you just talked earlier about how UW keeps thinking about two years ago and last year and their bowl games. Uh, I think Stanford's doing the same. They got embarrassed last year. If it wasn't for that loss, they probably would have gone to the Fiesta Bowl. They have something to prove. So I'm going to say that Stanford wins the game, but they do not win by 14 because Stanford offenses usually do not start out the season looking good. So I am going to say Stanford wins, but San Diego State covers. I'm sure there's going to be another jersey bet somewhere in here. I mean, maybe at some point. I, I'm I'm keeping tally through the whole year, so we'll see. Okay, good. That's, God, there's going to be a lot of jerseys. Though. We're going to spend some money, and I'm going to win them all. <laughs> All right, next we have Colorado at Utah State. It's a neutral site. They're both in Colorado. They're playing in Denver. Colorado is favored by seven and a half points. Colorado State has already played. They lost to Hawaii. Our boy KJ Cardis-Samuels had good numbers, but they were getting blown out, and he got some, he got some uh, stats really after the game was pretty much in hand. What's the spread? Seven and a half, Colorado. Oh, man, that's tough. I don't think they cover. Wow. Yeah, I I think the seven and a half is the part that really gets me because that means they have to score again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah that's... So you said that Colorado's going to win? Yeah, uh, but they they're going to cover? No, they will not cover. Okay, so if you say they're not going to cover – then I'm going to say that they do cover. Okay. I don't feel super confident in that. I think seven and a half is the perfect spot to have that line 
Yeah. Next, we have Oregon State at number five, Ohio State. Ohio State. Minus 38 and a half. Ohio State. The spread could be 100, and I would take Ohio State. But Ohio State is going to win. They're going to walk away. I am going to say Oregon State will cover that. So the Urban Meyer thing, what we're starting to see is the cover-up was really poorly done. Uh, saying that he had a some medicine that makes him forgetful of something so big. So bad. I've had to deal with some mandatory reporting stuff, and I remember every single time I've had to do it because it's a big deal. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. It, it's that is it's really sad. Really. You don't forget that because it, as a coach, as a human being, it affects you knowing that something like that is going on. And that's the part that really, really bothers me more because I think that by the book, he, he reported it to his higher up. So he's probably okay. But the way that they're acting with it is so slimy, you know, him learning how to delete text messages from a year ago. That seems pretty slimy where he's gone before. It just seems like controversy follows this guy. And that makes me, Really, really sad. Um, and I think the cover-up is is really disgusting. You, you know, and I don't understand what Ohio State's doing. They're Ohio State. If you have a scandal like this, you need to nip it in the bud because you can get any coach at any point, any time that you want. Any coach. Urban Meyer is just another coach to Ohio State. Yeah, and it's just such a – it's a bummer. You know, we love football. Obviously we have a podcast, but if something like this happened at Washington and the scandal were to come out that they're doing all this cover up, I would have a really hard time with it. And I'd want to see changes. Uh, that's why we run the cleanest program in the nation. It is really nice to be able to talk about this from ha- you know, having a guy like this, this is, it is a really nice spot to be in where we can really not only like the team, but really like how the how these 18 to 22-year-old kids are being mentored. One of my favorite parts about the program, other than the excellence on the football field, is I feel like they really do a lot around the identity of the person outside of football. Yeah, it, Peterson is molding these high school kids into young men, and he will, he will always do that. It's always about life lessons and learning and – it's never going to change as long as he's here. And I think that's what everybody loves about him. Yeah. And he's excellent on the football field. Yes. So I'm loving it. Uh, I'm really happy. I'm not an Ohio state fan. I'd hate to be in that position. The fact that he's still there uh, is kind of disgusting. And I think the cover up is becoming worse than the crime. And I think that you might see something happen later. Yes. Okay, let's move on to the fight in leeches at Wyoming. Wyoming is favored minus, uh, they're getting a point and a half. What say you? The fighting leech? Mike Leach. Oh, got it. Uh, who's favored? Wyoming. They're going to Laramie. They by, got a good defense. By how much? A point and a half? A point and a half. I'm going to take Wyoming. You're taking Wyoming. To cover. 
Do you know what Mike Leach's record is in opening games in his, I think this is his seventh year at, uh, I think he's going into, is he going into his eighth year? Anyhow, how many wins does he have in opening games? Zero. One. Dang it. One. I was going to say one, but. I and thought... I think, it, I think it was last year. Against two. They beat Montana State last year 31 to nothing. <laughs> Montana State? Yep. You know, and I'm Fighting. actually. I'm actually surprised they beat Montana State by that much. Yeah, they gave it to them. Uh, Montana State, isn't that Jeff Choate's team? Yeah. And uh, what's his name's arm hadn't fallen off yet. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, I'm also taking Wyoming. Um, I don't – if you're a Wazoo fan, you're not happy that they've already played a game. You're not happy that you're going to Wyoming, and you're not happy that – they haven't necessarily named their starter yet, but it sounds like it's going to be Gardner Minshew. Still scary. When Mike Leach, when a team has a long time to game plan for Mike Leach, that's when you have problems. He seems to get his big wins off of Wazoo's bye weeks, not the other way around. Yeah, if teams have time to game plan, I mean, he doesn't run very many plays. He just tries to out-execute. And if you have time to do it, you're going to be in shape. However, Wyoming did already play, so if that matters, if, if they're only game planning for this week, then we could see a little bit of problems, but I, I'm still pretty confident in that Wyoming defense taking care of the Cougs. We have, next, we have UNLV at number 15, USC. Senior, high school senior starting quarterback, JT Daniels, will lead the Trojans. What say you, Jake? What's the spread? 26 and a half. I'm gonna. Who are they playing? The Running Rebels. I'm gonna take the Rebels. UNLV for Jake to cover. I'm. They're not gonna win. Yeah. Cover. Totally agree. Uh, USC will win this game. Uh, I'm going to take USC because UNLV is not very good, and I like to disagree with you. That's fine. I mean, you're putting you're putting all your all your cash on a kid that just graduated high school last week it's trying to figure out who he's going to take the senior prom i totally understand i don't feel comfortable with it but they got a lot of guys around him yeah that's true okay so cal's coming out party last year was going to north carolina and beating up on a team that we thought might be pretty good they turned out to be awful this year north carolina comes to cal cal is favored by seven points jake what do you think cal's covering Cal. I totally agree. I think this podcast really likes Cal, so obviously we're both taking Cal. Yeah, I mean, I just like Bowers, really. I'm going to root root for the kid every game against everybody except for UW. Uh, That's fair to say. I will be as well. Okay. Um, Okay, so this next game I think would be a better basketball game than a football game. Uh, We have Cincinnati at UCLA. Yeah, Kenyon Martin. Kenyon Martin, uh, Lonzo Ball, Jared Farmar. Lou Alcinder. Uh, formerly known Lou Alcinder. <laughs> um, okay, so UCLA is favored by 14 and a half. Does Chip win his first game, and does he cover or not? Yes and yes. Yes and yes for me as well. We got Bowling Green at Oregon. Oregon is a 31 and a half point favorite. Jake, 
are the Hawks going to come in and upset the Ducks? No. Sucks. Are they going to cover? No. So you have Oregon uh, covering the 31 and a half? Yes. Bowling Green would beat Oregon if this was a battle between their animal mascots because a hawk would beat a duck, but the (laughs) ducks will come out victorious. Yes. And they will cover. UTSA, University, Texas, San Antonio, at ASU's favored by 18 and a half. Jake, who's going to win? Arizona State, but they're, yeah, they're going to cover. Yes, they are going to cover. I agree with you because I think they're going to be better than you think they're going to be. Yes. And this one, I'm going to do it for you, and you're going to tell me if I'm correct. Ready? Go. BYU at Arizona. Arizona is favored by 11 and a half. I say that you are going to say that they cover that big time. Big time. And I agree with you. BYU is not very good. Arizona has Khalil Tate. That's really all you're going to need to know. Yeah, they're going to win by 25. At least. I totally agree Agree with you. Okay. The game that we all want to watch. The game we can't wait for. Auburn at UW in Atlanta. Auburn favored by two points. Jake? Okay, let me answer this for both of us. Okay. Because I I think that we are both on the same page. Probably. Washington's going to cover. Yes. And they're going to smack that butt. I I think about this game a lot, and I totally agree with you. I think that Washington's defense is going to be very aggressive. And they're going to turn Auburn over in the uh, in their territory. They're going to pin them, and we're going to scrape out. And so, therefore, I think Washington is going to be putting Auburn in really bad field positions. Yeah, uh, the more I think about this game, I actually think that it's actually going to be a little bit higher scoring than what everybody seems to think. I th- why I. I just think that Peterson has tricks up his sleeves. And I think that we have such a well-balanced offense that we could score against them. And I think that, honestly, I think uh, one of our two interceptions is going to go for six. So I think we will be in the 20s. By the I agree. And I don't, I don't know if uh, Auburn's going to get to double digits. I'm a homer, so what I say is really tough to <laughs> tough to go with. But I think that Washington, the most likely scenario is Washington wins by at least ten points. I can see a scenario. Obviously, I can see a scenario where anybody wins and all that garbage. But I think the two most likely are a UW win, not necessarily easily, but easily, or, or a close Washington win. I just don't see Auburn's offense being able to give Stidham the time or these running backs, the holes for them to do much against this amazing Washington defense. Yeah. I think the only way you're going to see Auburn move the, the ball down the field is an Arizona state throw to the wrong guy. It hits off of our <laughs> face mask and they catch it. And, and we it, break our leg. It, yeah, exactly. So I just don't, I don't see Auburn, freely moving the ball on us. They might get a couple of drives here or there that are promising. Uh, they might stall out or they might score a touchdown here or there. Um, but I don't see that they are good enough to flat out beat us. Yeah. 
I just don't see it. Um, I think Washington wins. I think it's a huge day for the Pac-12. But more importantly, I think it's a huge day for Washington and their fans. This will be – this is going to be even more than – oh, maybe not even more. Going back to the national championship playoff or into that conversation was a big deal. But finally taking down one of the darlings of college football is going to be uh, fantastic. And it's going to be a great experience. And I just can't wait for that day to finally get here. Do you think if UW wins against Auburn, the Pac-12 goes undefeated this weekend? Uh, it's not going to make up for the the embarrassment of the bowl season. But this beginning of the season, there's some really good games um, the Pac-12 is involved in. And I think that it can go a long ways in restoring the credibility of conference. Yes. Obviously, if Miles Gaskin has a good half, he's going to break the rushing yards record. Um, uh, does he already have the touchdown record? I think so. So really, he's going to, by the end of his career, have all of the running back records. Where do you rank him among the all-time Washington running backs? I put him at two, hesitantly. I put him behind Napoleon Kaufman. I still think Kaufman, I think Gaskins is going to go down as the best statistically rated running back in UW history, but I, they're, watching Kaufman play is always special. I didn't get to see it when he was playing, but I've watched a lot of him play at UW. And I think he is the best running back in UW history. And I think I'll probably always think that. Um, now, the one that gives me fits is Corey Dillon. Uh, had he played for more than a year, he would have been – he would have shattered every record. Yeah, and, and you're probably right. And one of those – you know, Corey Dillon is one of those guys that played at UW, but he really became well-known because of his NFL career. Because, I mean, I think he was a community college transfer into Washington. Correct. We only played like one year. Which high school? Oh, it's not Bellevue. No. What is it? Franklin. Dang it. Uh, so, like, yeah, he's not really thought of uh, in the light of, you know, your Napoleon Kaufman's or your Greg Lewis or more recently and more in our generation, the Chris Polks or the Bishop Sankey's. I wouldn't even put Bishop Sankey in that conversation. Bishop Sankey was a really good running back. For one year. Mm, I don't know, man. He was good. From what he take over his sophomore year. I think I think Chris Polk was better for an entire career. You know, guys like Chris Polk and Jake Locker will always hold a really, really special place in my heart because of where they were when they came in. The yeah. program. Sure. That was, I mean, those two, those two guys were really talented and came into a team that I think they were both on the 2008 team. I know Locker didn't play all the games and I'm not sure if Polk did either, but they came to Washington. Locker pretty much could have picked wherever he wanted to go. I'm not, I think that at one point Polk was a USC commit that decided to go to UW. But either way, those guys decided to come here and they helped change, slowly starting to change the culture um, at UW. I always give Jake all the credit for the turnaround in this program. Yes. And he's not, you know, he's not going to be the best 
Washington quarterback to ever play. Um, but he's definitely one of the special ones in the sense of what he did. Who is your best UW quarterback of all time? Oh. Man. I mean, you have to say Warren Moon, but we were like 20 years from being born, right? I mean, do you have to say Warren Moon? Yes. I know. He's number one in mine, too. I mean, yeah. But, but that goes a lot to his professional career in the CFL and then in the NFL. Uh, Marcus Tuiasosopo has got to be number one, right? In, in somebody in our lifetime. Yeah. Tui's probably my favorite of all time. Uh, I remember watching him. My still my favorite play of all time is the Rose Bowl against Drew Brees <laughs> when he's thirty yards downfield and and pitches the ball in an option. He fumbles yeah. and loses it, but just I mean, just killer instinct. Go for the throat. Right. Who who cares? I'm playing my game, and it didn't work out, but it was a great thought. Right, and he ended up. You know he. He was close to starting in that Super Bowl that the Raider, that Rich Gannon ended up playing in. Um, I didn't think when he played in the NFL, I thought he played all right. I don't think he really got a shot to be a starter in the NFL, which was kind of a bummer. But I'm not coaching at USC anymore. That was really weird. Um, so, you know, he's he's definitely probably my favorite, followed by probably Jake Locker from an emotional standpoint. But Jake Browning's got to be thought of in that top. Top, he's, I mean, he's more than top 10, but you think of some of the guys that came through that we haven't mentioned, like both of the Hewards. Cody have, Pickett. Um, who's the guy that ended up playing for the Jaguars Mark for a long time? Mark Brunel. I know that a lot of fans, you know, Billy Joe Hobart brings back mixed feelings. Um, there's some really good quarterbacks, and Jake statistically has the best you know the two best the three best statistical quarterbacks are Jake Brown and Keith Price and Cody Pickett. I think um, I would put probably Browning and Pickett in the same company as each other. I think Browning's yeah. more of a winner than Pickett was. Uh, Pickett was a little bit just of a gunslinger. I we also can't forget Sonny Six Killer. Uh, I think that he was an all-time great UW quarterback. But I would put Browning in the same conversation as – I'd put him in the top five. I'd, I'd put him in the top five with, you know, behind Tui, Sunny Six, Warren yeah. Moon, and you could probably throw in a Brock Heward. In I tell you what, though, I like Brock Heward so much more because now, you know, you see his personality through the radio. Yeah. I, I really appreciate how he talks about his experience as a quarterback and how some of the thoughts that he had about himself kept him from being successful. And he's really embraced that instead of, you know, he's found his identity in something else. And I really appreciate Absolutely. that. Absolutely. I found a Isaiah Stanback's um, Instagram. That dude is now, he looks, his arms look like JJ Watts. He's, he's he was a freak athlete. He was. He was an athlete playing quarterback. Do you remember at your parents' house in Bothell watching the uh, USC game where there was a lot of confusion? There was like three seconds left, and the the referee wouldn't put the ball down, and so they got basically an insto timeout, but ended up losing anyways. Yes, I do. So he won a uh, he won a Super Bowl with. 
I almost just made a goof and said with Dallas. Because <laughs> <laughs> didn't he, he got drafted by Dallas, right? He did get drafted by Dallas, but it was not in Okay, with who? Oh, I couldn't tell you. I just, it said it on his profile. <laughs> okay. So, it doesn't matter. Oh, I have a funny story. Uh, you know Dan- Daniel Tan that yes. time? So, you heard that, uh, unfortunately, he passed away this summer, yes. I think it was. Um, my buddy was living in Hawaii. What's up, Josh? He uh, he ran into da- Daniel Teonesheim and he was asking him about why he came to Washington and just kind of an experience. And he said that this was, you know, before the Internet was huge, that the UW recruiters came to him and made it, you know, they talked about the history and the amazing culture that UW had had not telling Daniel that they had just gone 0 and 12 the season before he got there. So he gets to the mainland to the shocker that he's on the laughing stock of power fly football. Real quick. Let's do some uh, offensive MVP. Oh yeah. Who's yours? My offensive MVP is going to be, I can't choose the offensive line. So I'm going to choose miles Gaskin. You got some stats for him. Miles Gaskin is going to carry the ball 18 times for a hundred and seven yards with two oh, touchdowns. Wow. My uh, offensive MVP is a little bit more modest. Uh, Ty Jones, six catches, 85 yards, two touchdowns. If you combine those, that's four touchdowns. We're going to be in really if good shape. If you day. combine those, if I told you that UW scored four touchdowns, how much did we win that game by? Uh, Three. Three touchdowns or three points? <laughs> yes, three okay. touchdowns. I don't think they're going to score very much. I don't dude. either. I think I just, yeah. This is the end of the podcast. You are the Gimli to my Legolas. <laughs> that sounds like some uh, uh, World of Warcraft nerd. No, it's not World is of it, Warcraft. Uh, uh, it's is, a movie, dum dum. Uh, Lord of the Rings. My man, one ring to rule them all. Let's go get it. No, the guy literally walked 10 miles, dropped a ring and some fire, turned around and walked home. Story over, game over. This week, week I'm going to teach you what themes are and how deep that story is. It's not deep. The guy literally just dropped a ring. It's fun. It it is so much more than that. I have more entertainment watching the guy yell, Leroy Jenkins, than I do watching Lord of the Rings. I almost have all of those memorized. (laughs) I'm very disappointed in you. Oh, no. That's bad. Then they call it a mine. Stop. We are not turning this into that. (laughs) All right. Everybody, thanks for listening. Go Go dogs.